We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day. Three hundred and sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. What is up, Green Bay Packers fans? Welcome back to another edition of the Pack-A-Day podcast, the Jordan Love edition of the Pack-A-Day podcast. My name is Jacob Morley. You can find me on Twitter, at Jacob Morley. And I am joined today by my co-host, who was also yesterday's co-host, resident draft expert, Ross Uglum. You can find him on Twitter, at Ross Uglum. And Ross, today we are going to talk about the Packers' first-round draft pick. Um, I listened to yours and Andy's podcast yesterday talking about kind of the draft as a whole. And if you have not listened to that, uh, do yourself a favor and and go do it. Uh, Just a very realistic view at what the Packers did this last week. Um, I think the kind of the the sense that most, at least level-headed Packers fans are starting to come to is the Packers drafted good players this last week. Um, You can criticize where they took them. I get that. But uh, my thing is, show me the bad football player that the Packers took this weekend. And I I don't think you can really point to one yet. Um, I think they can all play. But we're not going to get into that today. Like I said, we're going to talk about uh, just strictly Jordan Love. Um, quarterback, Utah State, a guy that um, a lot of people were very surprised to see the Packers take. But we're not even going to talk about the philosophy. We're just going to talk about Jordan Love, the player, um, what kind of prospect he is, what he can bring to this Packers team, what we can expect from him in his development, and what ultimately he could be in Matt LaFleur's offense. 
Um, so, Ross, before we get into that, man, how the heck are you? I'm good, buddy. Uh, this is kind of my last run um, of, 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 of sort of designated content related to this draft. This is the cherry on top of the Sunday before I can take a little bit of a breath, and then, you know, we'll start uh, diving in and doing some of our, our breakdowns. Yeah, I'm with you there. It's, it is a grind, man, and it's almost kind of a, a relief when it's when it's all over and you can kind of just get to know these players, um, which is what we're going to do today with Jordan Love. And, you know, Jordan Love, I think everybody knows at this point, Ross, is the probably most boomer bust guy in this draft class, bar none. When you look at the position he plays and how impactful that position is, you know, the quarterback position is the most valuable commodity in sports, not football, sports. If you don't have a quarterback, you, you don't have nothing. And the Packers now have two quarterbacks. I, I'd say there's probably five or six guys on the planet that can make throws like Aaron Rodgers, that can make throws like Patrick Mahomes. And Jordan Love is one of those guys. Uh, make no mistake about it. He has out-of-this-world arm talent, um, and I think that's that's the first thing that you have to start with when you look at Jordan Love, uh, the prospect. But can you talk to us through that a little bit, Ross, and when you hear the word arm talent, what does that mean to you? Well, it's a combination of arm strength uh, and the ability, I think, to kind of manipulate your arm as well, throw from different platforms, um, you know, not necessarily need the same robotic delivery every time to throw the ball. You want to be able to throw it on the run, uh, be able to throw across your body, be able to throw right when you're going right, being able to throw left when you're going right, even though that's not usually, uh, <laughs> you know, kind of, it's not generally advised. But what I mean is it's all, it's the ability to do all these things at, at least physically and be capable of them, even if they're not advisable. And, you know, throwing downfield when you're running away from your dominant hand. I've got a clip up about that, which is just about the silliest damn throw I've ever seen. Uh, it ended up being an incomplete pass, but it was still wild. Uh, it was in East Lansing, I think. Just unbelievable. But as far as arm talent, I mean, he's Mahomes. He's Rodgers. Like, there's no um, – when I went on – I don't even remember. Whatever. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Some – well, I can't remember. It was Twitter Live or it was Andy's show or, or whatever. But I went on somewhere I said – you know, this is the most gifted quarterback in the class. I don't think it's particularly close. And this is coming from somebody who ranked him outside his top 100. He is, I think, a lot more talented than Burrow uh, and certainly more talented than Tua. It's those six inches between the ears that, that are concerning for everyone. Um, I don't think he's an idiot by any means. All I mean by that is I'm saying that it's just decision-making. And from an arm talent perspective, from a – how, the velocity, uh, where he can fit the ball, the windows, those types of things, there isn't a throw on the football field he's not physically capable of making. And that's what arm talent means to me. Yeah, and that's exactly why you know, I was kind of, back in September I was watching Jordan Love. And so September, mind you, this is coming off you know, his stellar 2018 campaign uh, kind of coming into his 2019 campaign. And I kind of said, you know, half-jokingly, half-serious, you know, Jordan Love would be a really fun pick in Green Bay 
uh, in 2020. And that was met with a lot of uh, friction and force, which a lot of it made sense. But that's why I said it is because you watch him play and he is fun. He is a fun, fun prospect. And, you know, like I think you hit the nail on the head with talking about, you know, it's like some guys have arm talent and it's just like arm strength. You know, Tim Boyle, Tim Boyle has got a big arm, but when you talk about arm talent, you know, it's not quite there. Like Joe Flacco can throw the ball out of the stadium. Arm talent, not quite there. When you watch Jordan Love play, what he does so well is, and what stands out is how athletically he throws the ball. You talk about, you know, and this is what we'll talk about a little bit too in Matt LaFleur's offense when they want to do some of this, you know, it's it's great to be able to push the ball down down the field. And I think Matt LaFleur wants a quarterback that can do that, obviously, because they, they just took one that can do it. And they have one on, on the roster that already can. But the horizontal passing game, and one thing that's really underrated with the horizontal passing game, and what I mean by horizontal is, you know, those those foot screens, those outs, those get, get the ball, you know, to, into your playmaker's hands. And, you know, Love is one of those guys that kind of plays with that shortstop mentality. You know, his his release is super compact and quick, and he can throw from a variety of arm angles and, and, and stuff like that, like Ross already talked about. But you just get a sense for how athletic he throws the ball. And Ross is right, too. But you look at him sometimes, and I, I don't remember who it was. I think it was one of our buddies that said, might have even been you, Ross. I don't know. But it said, you know, love sometimes when you watch him, he looks like a love child of Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre. Because he, they, they, he, I mean, out of this world arm talent, but he sometimes has some Brett moments where you just wonder what in the heck did he see? Um, what is he doing? The thing that comes with that type of arm talent, and one thing when you talk about like with Patrick Mahomes, one thing that Andy Reid has done a great job of reeling him in with is that fine line between trusting how good your arm is, because make no mistake, Jordan Love can put the ball in spots that hardly anyone can do. He can fit you know, the ball into tight windows because he can just spin it. And sometimes that gets you in trouble. Sometimes you get away with it. Sometimes you don't. And in 2018, we often saw him getting away with it. In 2019, not so much. You know, things, the ball didn't roll his way, I guess you could say. But the talent is there, you know, and it's going to be Matt LaFleur's, uh, this, this, I know you said this for us, it is going to be Matt LaFleur's masterpiece or it's going to be what gets him fired. And, and I'm, I mean, it's going to be fun to watch unfold. I think Packers fans are, it's going to be a treat. Preseason the next two, three, four years is going to be a heck of a lot of fun watching them trot out this young stud quarterback. But let's talk about Matt LaFleur. Let's talk about his offense. And, Ross, how do you envision a guy like Jordan Love fitting into Matt LaFleur's offense and kind of going hand-in-hand with why do you think then Matt LaFleur loved this guy so much? Dylan or Love? Love. Love. Uh, just because I think he, he thinks of himself as quite the quarterback's coach. And I, I don't have a problem with that. I mean, um, you, you know, he got a lot out of, of, of Kirk Cousins, who's a guy that I don't think is, you know, has a tremendous amount of tools. Um, he got a lot out of, of Robert Griffin III. Um, really, I don't think it's even debatable that he got the best as a quarterback's coach. He, he, you know, 
was able to pull the best year of of uh, Matt Ryan's career out of him. I don't think there's any question about that. Obviously, league MVP uh, losing to the to the Patriots in the Super Bowl, and so I think he just sees this blank canvas and this um, toolsy like superstar potential kid that he gets to mold now. And yeah, all of the concerns that I have about him uh, are, are probably valid. You know, uh, number of uncatchable passes, decision making, turning the ball over, um, you know, not not being willing to play within the confines of the offense. Ben Fennel made a joke. Um, somebody showed that awesome throw on the run he made at LSU. And he was like, yep, left a clean pocket. He'll fit right in because there wasn't actually any pressure on the play. And he still bailed out of the pocket and made a superstar throw. Um, but, you know, it's all these these things that kind of drive me nuts watching him. Um, and and But, but the, the throw that he made against LSU, the throw that he made against Michigan State, uh, his 32-6 to 6 TD to interception radio in 2018, these are all things that I think Matt LaFleur watches and goes, I can make this a perennial Pro Bowl player. And so why do you why do you think that is? Like when you watch him, do you think it is like a lot of times with inaccurate passes, the thing about throwing the ball, it always starts from your footwork up. Like everything you do with your arm starts with your feet. When you watch him, do you see a guy um, that his mechanics need to be cleaned up? Like, what would you attribute that to? Because, and, and first of all, let me say, like, if you actually have a legit answer to this, you should bottle it up and sell it for millions and billions of dollars. <laughs> but how do you make a guy that's inaccurate like that become accurate? Like that, because I'm with you. That That's, when you talk about concerns with him, that is by far and away my biggest concern because there's not a lot of guys you can look at and say, hey, their completion percentage got way better in the yeah. NFL. Um, it just – it typically doesn't. But if you're going to work with a Jordan Love and you are Matt LaFleur, you are the quarterback's coach in the room, what what do you work on with him? Uh, mechanics, for sure. I mean, you you work him through all the stuff that, that McCarthy worked Rodgers through. You, you Man, he looked off rough when he came to Green Bay, and uh, I don't think it's accurate to say that McCarthy made Rodgers, but he wasn't ready. Uh, he still had that weird deal where he held the ball up by the top of his head and had more robotic release, and they compacted that release. I think they were able to get him to get the ball out quicker. I think they were able to do a number of things. Obviously, Rodgers was tremendously talented, or he wouldn't have done what he did at Butte, and he wouldn't have done what he did at Cal Berkeley. Um, he was a phenomenal prospect. I think he was a better prospect than Love. I think that's fair to say without even the you know the hindsight that's twenty twenty. With that said, you still – it's not that bad, right? So um, 64% as a junior and 62% as a senior, those are livable. You can live with that. And what you, but what you can't live with is the, night, the, the, the freshman year, eight touchdowns, six picks, and the junior year, 20 touchdowns, 17 picks. You can't live with either of those things. Um, but, but then you go back to 2018 and you're completing 64% of your passes. For eight six for eight point six yards an attempt, uh, your AYA is nine point four, and you got a thirty two to six uh, touchdown to interception rating with a perfect one fifty eight point three passer rating. Two thousand eighteen. So here's my whole thing. And do you mind if I just get into my whole thing? 
Give me the whole thing, man. So here's my whole thing with Love and my ranking of him, which I'll now defend, even though I, I don't, I shouldn't feel the need to. I felt like 2019 Jordan Love was undraftable. I would have given him even worse than my Josh Allen ranking. I, I don't know what I would have done with 2000. If you had only shown me 2019 Jordan Love, I would have gone, what, what is, what am I, what is this? What am I, why, why do I care about this Mountain West quarterback? And then I go and look at 2018 Jordan Love, and I see the throws he's able to make. I see what he's able to do uh, in, in that system with a little bit more talent around him, and I'm, I'm able to see him complete passes at a higher, more efficient rate. Um, I'm, I'm able to see him take care of the football, and I'm thinking, well, this is QB2 in last year's class. Like, it's Kyler. And then it's Jordan Love right there. And then you can get into the other quarterbacks from last year's class for, for me. So I had to reconcile this player that I just wouldn't even dream about in 2019 with QB2 from last year's class. And so my hedge was about about pick 100, about guy 100. So if you, you know, if, if one year you're thinking he's 10th and the other year you think he's 250, 220, you know, uh, worth a Matt Flynn flyer, then you, you kind of have to hedge. And that's how I got where I got with him. Um, and and I, think, I think it was Bucky Brooks today that said his number one player and fit combination is Jordan Love to Green Bay. And I, I, I kind of agree. And, and this is a pick I didn't want them to make. It's a pick that I, I panned. But as far as where can I send Jordan Love to succeed? Green Bay. If, jo- if Jordan Love gets the Josh Allen treatment where it's – a and, and now they have good – I mean, shoot, now the receivers are legitimately good. Beasley is a good separator on the outside. John Brown is way better than we thought he could be. And Stephon Diggs is a star. So he, Josh Allen has no excuses now. But when he got there, it was kind of, eh, I don't know about the line and – Man, Beasley, really, and kind of all those things. If if somebody took Jordan Love that needed to play him in like week six of this year, I would be very concerned for the kid's future. But the ability to learn with the quarterbacks, coach, the level of Matt Lafleur, to learn from an Aaron Rodgers that I think has been said over and over and over again that he's not going to be Favre, he's not going to be a dick to Love. Uh, the national media doesn't want to have you hear that, but I mean that's what everybody, every quarterback that's ever come in to work with Rodgers has said. The guy's an absolute prince to learn from, and so if I'm going to have a quarterback, you know, learn, I'm going to have him do it under Rodgers, and I'm going to have him do it under Matt Lafleur. I don't know how much I, you know, buy in or frankly even know enough about Luke Getze's ability to develop and Nathaniel Hackett's ability to develop, but I believe in Matt LaFleur. Yeah, and going back to what uh, your reference with Bucky Brooks' article about fit in Green Bay and going through the draft, I I had someone tell me that I actually, I really trust that Jordan Love was not going to get by the Saints at 24. And he did, obviously, but you know, in my mind, thinking, you know, for the Saints, I was like, man, that would be that'd be a really good pick for them. Like, I could really see them taking Jordan Love in the 
developing him. That's a great situation. And so I have to say the same thing for Green Bay. I if I, if I would have been excited about that for New Orleans, I think Green Bay has the infrastructure to develop him just as well. And so that that's kind of what was my rationale. And and I, I mean I think I've been on the Jordan Love bandwagon as long as anybody. And even me, you know, was when they when they said the pick, I was just kind of in shock. Like they actually did it. They actually did it. Um, but you know, when you look at infrastructure, like that, that was the whole deal with Patrick Mahomes. That was the whole deal with taking him was they thought they had a team in place and an infrastructure with a coach. And granted that's, this is Andy Reid who has about 25 years on Matt LaFleur. Um, but honestly, head to head, Matt LaFleur outcoached Andy Reid last, uh, last year in, in Kansas city. I think Matt LaFleur is a heck of a young head coach. Uh, when you, you know, Matt LaFleur can't go from being our 13 and three prince that took this veteran team that was on a downward spiral spiral and really inserted them right back into the conversation for Super Bowl contenders. He cannot go from being our prince. That's going to take this team to new heights to all of a sudden being some nincompoop that can't develop a quarterback. Like he can do it. And he, and he's got the most raw guy that you could take. But man, he's got a he's just got a a ball of clay in front of him is what he's got. So we'll see what he can do. And you know, the other thing with talking about, you know, Aaron Rodgers not wanting to mentor these guys, like I, I could see that. Sure. Like Aaron Rodgers might be kind of like, whatever, I've done this for you, but he's but he but but he's not giving us any indication, like you said. Um I brought up the point when when he was before he was even a starter, before he had any clout, they drafted Brian Braum and Matt Flynn in that dra- in the two thousand eight draft class. Which of course, you know, Rogers had been there for three years. He knew it was his starting job, but make no bones about it. They they drafted Brian Brown to compete with him. You know, if the, if you can say all you want about them being sold on Aaron Rodgers, if you're sold on a young quarterback, you don't take a guy in the second round. And Brian Brown will tell you straight up, Aaron Rodgers was nothing but great to him. I, I understand that this is completely different. This is a different stage of Rodgers' career. He might feel more threatened by it. But Aaron Rodgers didn't get to where he is as a competitor by shying away from competition. And, I, I you know, David Bakhtiari talked about it, how he's going to light the league on fire because maybe, maybe that's a bonus too. And, you know, you talk about just fit with this team. Aaron Rodgers has not been the, a model of health the last four years. In fact, two seasons in the last four years have absolutely been torpedoed by Aaron Rodgers getting hurt and the Packers having absolutely no answer at backup quarterback. Jordan Love could be that answer. If that's all he is, if, if if he can come keep this team afloat for six weeks, you know, or whatever it is, that's you know, that's starting to justify a first round pick. Not you know, maybe not in the same way that another position would, um, but you kind of start to see the reasoning behind it. And you get into Rogers medicals and you know, there's all this made about his contract and stuff, but the Packers know his medicals better than anyone. And, you know, the thing about 36-, 37-year-old quarterbacks is they're not getting any healthier. And Rodgers is playing with three concussions, two broken collarbones, and and a, and a, a variety of lower leg injuries in his career. The guy has not been Iron Man by Brett Favre was. And so Jordan Love might might come in and play some spot duty. I don't know. That could be a part of the deal here. Um, but just talking about Jordan Love as the prospect – 
he is raw. He is very raw. So it'll be fun to see how he develops and, and what he develops into and, and what he does in the preseason or if he gets, you know, some chances in the regular season. Heck, it'll be interesting this year, Ross, to see, you know, you just came out with your uh, way too early 53-man roster uh prediction it'll be interesting to see if he beats out Tim Boyle this year you know will they keep him as a third quarterback will he even be the number two I don't know it wouldn't surprise me if he isn't Aaron Rodgers was not that good in his first couple years and and this is this is off the cuff too I don't know but was Aaron Rodgers the number two quarterback his rookie year they had Craig Nall right yeah I I don't I don't know (laughs) it doesn't matter but it's just it's just an interesting thing to, to even look at. Did they – I'm trying to think if, if Rodgers has stats in 05. Because if, if Rodgers has stats in 05, then he's definitely not QB3. I just remember from that Tyler Dunn article last year, there were some Craig Nall references about – Yeah, and Craig was there. Craig was there for sure. Um, but, yeah, no, Rodgers was the backup for sure because he – he came in and he was nine for sixteen with a pick, and he played in three games, and he took three sacks. Okay. So there's no way that he wasn't the backup. Okay, that makes sense. But so yeah, so that'll probably be the case for Love this year too. But um, it'll be you know like I was saying, it'll be really interesting just to watch him develop. You know that's that's pretty much it with Jordan Love. You know you, you talk about his positives, his negatives. Um, Another thing that I think he could really improve on, this will be my last thing, is when I watched him, I just saw a guy, and one of my major concerns with him is I never thought he saw the field super consistently, and you kind of touched with this with him bailing on that clean pocket earlier. You kind of see that a lot with him. Like, you talk about Joe Burrow, and Joe Burrow is so good at navigating the pocket. Um, Jordan Love is, is not bad at it, but he's not consistent with it. And one thing that you like to see with quarterbacks is you like to see them get better every year. Um, and so that's really – that is the main concern with Love is, you know, if Love went from his freshman year, you know, you like you said, eight touchdowns, six interceptions, to his sophomore year, uh, 20 touchdowns, 17 interceptions, to, you know, if this last year would have been his 30 and six touchdown ratio, you're probably talking about him competing with Joe Burrow for that number one, number one overall pick. Um, but it wasn't, as we know. Um, but there's just two sides to the coin. So we'll see uh, how, it, how it unfolds, how it develops. Um, I hope Packers fans um, are going to be welcoming to him in Green Bay. I certainly know not everyone will, uh, just looking at Twitter the last few days. But um, to each their own, I guess. Ross, do you have any other thoughts um, on Jordan Love, the prospect? No. I, I mean, I think we've made him clear. You know, I'm, I'm – uh, I am uh, – you know, in, in a situation where I, I feel a little bit more optimistic after, and, and I've admitted it, you know, I think it's a lot of uh, uh, the fact that, you know, on my rewatch where I'm, you know, because I'm going to go through all these these guys that we have and, you know, post clips and do breakdowns on Pack Report and do all the things you guys love uh, to, to kind of take in as content. And uh, right now I'm like three games into 2018. And <laughs> again, uh, the only quarterback, if, if his college career stops after 2018, the only college, the only quarterback I take over him last year is Kyler. That's it. So, um, 
you know, I'm, 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 I haven't made it back through the 2019 tape yet, so I'm still just super optimistic. Yeah, and, and 2018 is a lot of fun to watch. If you want, if you want optimism in your life, go watch that film because it is really, really a fun watch. Um, but you know, with that said, I think. You know, we're at about 30 minutes here talking about Jordan Love, and honestly, people have probably heard everything that they're going to hear about Jordan Love. And really the next thing we need to see is just him on the field and uh, try not to make any rash judgments with him because he is a raw prospect. My guess is he ain't going to look very good right away. Uh, So I'm ready to be patient with him. I'm ready to watch him develop, um, hopefully in three or four years, um, if he's going to take the reins, that's when it is. After Rodgers wins a couple more Super Bowls, that's best case scenario. But uh, you can't always have what you want. But uh, we, we'll keep watching. We'll keep waiting. Um, thank you as always for following along. Uh, you know, thanks to everyone that followed the draft this weekend and interacted on Twitter or, or came to Pack a Report or listened to the Pack a Day stuff. We really appreciate you guys. Um, and as always, go Pack Go.
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health care provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new health care regimen, including EE system.